Blues the Cape podcast, episode 56. Welcome to the Lose the Cape podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. So how many of you are trying to increase your family while raising your business? Today, if you are thinking about having another baby or are currently pregnant, this is an episode you want to catch. Ariana Taboada is a maternal health consultant, and she works with entrepreneurs who are becoming first-time mothers or having another baby and need some help in prepping their business for their new baby. Um, This episode is actually sponsored by her as well. Ariana has so graciously donated one maternity leave planning package uh, in which she will consult with you several times and help you get your business lined up and squared away so that you may actually take some time off after having a baby to spend some time with your new little bundle of joy. So in order to win this package, all you need to do is head on over to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 56 and we have a special tweet for you to tweet out. Anyone who tweets that message out will be automatically entered to win this amazing package. So enjoy this episode. She provides a ton of good information on balancing family and business and whether or not you're thinking about having a new baby or not, there is a great deal of good information from Ariana. Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast, where we interview busy modern moms and pick their brains for all their strategies and secrets and success tips for surviving life as a mother and all that comes with that. Today, um, well, I am your podcast host, um, co-host now because I have a new co-host, Alexa Bigworth, and my co-host, Aubrey Mathis, is here with me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and we are excited today to interview Ariana Taboada. Did I get that right? Yep. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So Ariana is a maternal health consultant who I did not even realize existed. So I'm excited about talking to you about this and what it, even though I'm past my baby making years, <laughs> I know there's lots of women that listen that are still right there in the mix. So um, she's a maternal health consultant who works with experienced entrepreneurs who are becoming first-time mothers, helping them customize their maternity leave plan and return to work. Uh, Deeply committed to providing ongoing multifaceted support that meets the professional, physical, mental, social, and emotional needs of entrepreneurs as they baby-proof their business and navigate new motherhood. And um, so I started my business after all of my children were born, but I can tell you this would have been very helpful to have someone walking me through it when when they were around. So thank you for being with us and I look forward to, we look forward to chatting with you. Yes. I'm excited to be here. I have a feeling, well, you'll have to do the I to we several times. Yes, exactly. This is, okay. this is only our third podcast recording with, um, with Aubrey as co-host. So we're still, you know, kind of muddling through it, but we're getting there. We're having fun. Yeah. Hey, third time's a charm. So this might work with you, Ariana. <laughs> That's right. We just, um, I'm happy to be a success story. On, on the- yes. <laughs> Exactly. So tell us a little bit about you and um, your family, your work life, and how you wound up in this very interesting, and you live in Mexico. So wow, lots of things to discuss. 
I live in, in Southeast Mexico with my family, my husband, my 10 month olds, um, and we've been here three years now. Um, and let's see how I got into maternal health consulting. It's, you know, on the entrepreneur side, I feel like my story is that of one, someone who didn't really realize they were on an entrepreneurial journey until, until I was on it and doing uh -huh. it and had a moment to step back and said, huh, I've been self-employed for, for a decade now. And I guess I, I should start treating myself like, like a business owner. Yes. <laughs> um, and I've always been in, in the health world. Um, so I'm trained as a social worker and have a master's in maternal and child health, um, which, you know, as you talked about, maternal health consulting is, is not that, you know, not a term you see all that often. Um, and it's, it's a very specialized field that, I mean, we're really trained to think of mom-baby as, as a unit. Um, and think about everything that the child needs and the mother needs um, and think about the mother's health impacting that of the child's health long term over the course of the child's life and also about the child's health um, and the child's well-being affecting um, the mom. Um, so that, I mean, I'm trained to basically help, help that unit, the mom-baby unit, um, navigate what they need to be able to thrive. Um, in, a, in a formal health center setting, I used to do a lot of mental health work, um, a lot of postpartum work specifically, and when I branched out on my own and went into private practice, the issue of being a working mother came up over and over and over again. So I began to specialize in, um, you know, helping, um, supporting, being with um, women as they went through that journey of not just figuring out what it means to be a mother, but figuring out what it means to, um, to become and allowing that to be a, a transformation period as opposed from one day to the next um, to become and develop um, their working mother identity. So you're kind of like an entrepreneur doula. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Someone once called me a doula for your business. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I love it. That's, yeah, I was like Alexa. My, I didn't really start my business till my girls were older, but I can see looking back, um, had I had a business and then a baby, the postpartum and the emotions and how to deal with a business and a baby would be so overwhelming. Like, I don't, know that I would have been able to handle either or or both. <laughs> well, it's interesting because most entrepreneurs feel like they have a baby, their business, like their business <laughs> yeah. is <their> baby. <laughs> and yeah. so what happens when you bring a human baby into that mix? Um, and it, it really, you know, it brings up all kinds of logistic things, you know, around how am I going to divide my time, divide my attention? How am I going to work this out, you know, scheduling wise, financially, um, but also, besides logistics, the, the whole mental, emotional struggle with how, you know, the same things, dividing your time, dividing your attention. What does this mean for me as a professional? What does this mean for me as a mother? What does this mean for me as I figure out how, how I'm going to make it all work? Mm -hmm. Wow. So at what point then did you decide I'm going to do this? I'm going to put myself out there as a coach and, um, do you find that people are responding to it or are you struggling because people don't know what it is? Yeah. I mean, so the interesting response is that I hear a lot of like, oh my gosh, this is a great idea reaction. I, I need this or I needed this. Um, but 
it's it's so like there's no kind of road paved especially <laughs> leave planning piece of it mm -hmm. there's such a little there's so little like no models out there no best practices really um, and so it's it it is a providing the service has been an exciting challenge I'll call it that <laughs> because there's um, we're really like making the road as we walk it mm -hmm. um, with with a lot of the women I serve um, because you know it's not there's not that structure of okay I'm gonna go to HR and they're gonna tell me how much leave I have and you know what my um, transition back plan can be and what you know how I can delegate you know up to boss level or down to um, those I delegate to on a regular work working day basis it, it just doesn't work like that for, for a self-employed business owner yeah no it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, okay. you go from just all of a sudden you're a mom, you don't leave, yeah, it, it just runs into each other. Like, how do you separate? Like, this was my maternity leave, and now it's it's time to not be on maternity leave, you know? I can, yeah, so many questions that you should Alexa, be able to answer. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, you asked, like, when did I specifically start working on on in this particular approach, this particular issue population. And it was about three years ago when I left the formal health, um, health service sector. Um, and I was working specifically on postpartum issues in private practice um, by, by myself, working one-on-one -on -one with clients. Mm -hmm. And I realized that people were coming to engage um, really at, at a, point of crisis where they were kind of drowning in that I didn't, I'm not figuring this out or it's feeling like I can't figure this out. And so that's when I tweaked my services to offer maternity leave planning specifically so that we can work on the front end as well as the back end of that life period of the having the baby so that you're not in the postpartum period trying to figure out the work, the, well, the work stuff in the midst of all the postpartum stuff, um, but rather in those second, third trimester can have the time and have the support and structure to, to do some of the figuring it out so that, um, you know, on the other end, you have, you have at least a map, an idea, resources, um, people you can call, <laughs> mm -hmm. things you might need to know, um, have that at the ready instead of, you know, floundering, which no matter what, there's some floundering, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I would guess so. Um, I have a friend who owns her own accounting uh, business and she is completely self-employed entrepreneur and she just had her second baby. And at first she was like, I'm not going to take any maternity leave. I'm just going to go right through it. And then she had the baby and she was like, um, I'm going to have to figure out a way to take some time off. And it, that's got to be kind of scary to figure all of that out after the baby's already there. But I can't even imagine those weeks after my babies were born, like I have no brain capacity. I don't know how, how people mm -hmm. can just work right through it. No. And I mean, I think our brains shrink during pregnancy. Like it's like a fact, you know, when people make fun of it, but you do, you kind of, you don't remember anything and you just go into mom mode and bottles and diapers and, you know, breastfeeding, whatever. Um, the real world around you no longer exists. <laughs> Well, fun, fun scientific fact about your the the, th the quote unquote shrinking uh -huh. brain theory is yeah. that DHA what what keeps our brain 
able to, you know, remember the small tasks, complete the small tasks, think about details, think about the big picture. DHA, the body prioritizes sending it to the baby's brain. So if you're only getting a certain amount of DHA, it's all going to the baby and you are in fact losing some capacity to think about the detail-oriented processes. Yeah, Breastfeeding, that continues. So everything that, that your body used to snatch up for itself will automatically be sent to, to the little yes. going uh, wow. parasite. <laughs> Wow. The sacrifices we make. See, I can tell my children that when they get home. You were smart because I lost my brain. When I... Absolutely. <laughs> well, do you have any particular tips that you would want to share with women who are either considering um, starting a family that are entrepreneurs or are pregnant and are trying to figure out how to plan out that maternity leave time? Well, I know that a lot of overwhelm and fear of the things we've talked about. Like, can I even take time off? What is going to happen to my clients? What's going to happen to my business? What's going to happen to, to my first baby? Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, off the bat, I just like to, to, you know, nip those in the bud and say, yeah, you can't, you can figure it out. It is something that, you know, the, the idea of the exciting challenge, um, maternity leave is not going to look like maternity leave for some of your, you know, corporate friends or women who decide to um, stay home after they have their baby. It's not going to look like that, but it can look like what you want it to. We have to think about what, what you want it to look like and what's possible um, from the logistics end and what's possible in terms of what can you imagine? Um, what is your ideal maternity leave look like? Um, and reverse engineer from there, right? It's, it's a process that, that, can be tackled. Yeah. Well, I know, like, I originally thought that those first, like, three or four months would just be a piece of cake because the baby sleeps so much. Uh, what I didn't plan for was uh, my first child uh, wasn't, I, I apparently was not producing enough milk, so he wanted to eat every hour, every hour, round the clock for two weeks before I finally was like, I'm giving that child formula. <laughs> Or, yeah. And, what, you, you know, would have like 10 minutes to yourself? Because I mean, it takes a long time to pretty much, eat, right? Pretty yeah. much because, yeah, because he would nurse for like 45 minutes because, uh, well, I mean, I didn't know this. I was a first time mom. I didn't know if this was normal, not normal, what. So he'd nurse for 45 minutes and then I'd get about 45 minutes down, uh, off. And then he was, he was, eat something, go to the bathroom, maybe take a shower and back no, at it. No, I don't think there were any showers. Those first <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there must've been, but I don't remember showering ever. Ponytails and perfume. Ponytails and perfume. <laughs> they didn't have, you know, it's too bad. They didn't have the uh, dry shampoo back in those days. Or if they did, it was like really unknown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Well, that's crazy. So, um, what's it like oh. working? Go ahead. Go ahead, Aubrey. Yeah, no, I was curious about the whole working in Mexico and what kind of support you get from there, from the government. Otherwise, I mean, it has to be totally different than here, right? I mean, Mexico does have, um, a federal leave policy, um, and, you know, unlike the U.S., but like most other countries in the world, um, right. 
And of course, it, uh, it does not apply if you are self-employed. Right. <laughs> it's just the, the challenge that business owners face pretty much everywhere. Um, but, I mean, Mexico is a very maternal-focused country in terms of um, there being, there being uh, kind of the expectation that people gather around a new mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I personally don't have any family here, but I had a really easy time having myself, getting myself fed postpartum because there, it was easy to organize a meal train. People wanted to figure out what I needed, what they could bring. Um, and in terms of, you know, my, my, uh, former professional, um, career as, as a researcher, I worked in maternal health research and, and Mexico, unfortunately, has some of the worst outcomes in terms of maternal health, um, maternal mental health, um, and, and in terms of birthing options, there's a lot of um, what, what we call obstetric violence, which is very intervention heavy, um, you know, everything from women having to um, be alone while they're giving birth. Oh my gosh. Um, no one else allowed in there with them to in some facilities um you know women being chained to to hospital beds Um, wow did you say chained to hot chained yes handcuffed um so it's i mean the wow the i know it sounds like something out of you know medieval times Yeah. Um, yeah and we have a um what's considered kind of an emergency state when it comes to cesarean sections. The cesarean sections are being used um, for non-emergency situations left and right. I think we're at about 56% of births in Mexico are cesarean section. Only about 10% of those are are births that need a cesarean section. Wow. Um, So it's, it's a dire situation, but it also means that they're um, kind of on a social justice level, on a, um, on a advocacy level, there's some really exciting stuff going on. I had the opportunity to have my son with an amazing midwifery uh, practice that basically, you know, champions, um, champions a birth that is free of obstetric violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... And part of that, part of my care was that I had all my postpartum visits at home. They came to me. Nice. Um, and so I had, I mean, they, they, I had, I had a shower because they came and bathed me postpartum. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but, obstetric yeah. violence, obstetric violence. That's definitely nothing that I had heard before. No, <laughs> there's, I'm just mind blown right now because you think of, you know, obviously you hear Mexico, first things that come to your mind, drug cartel, you know, all this (laughs) stuff that's blasted in our faces. And there's so much more that we need to be helping that we don't even know about. I mean, maybe because I'm blinded by Facebook. I mean, I need to step out outside my own world to realize these women are being chained. I mean, and and why Why are they chained? Because, because mobility, so it, it stems from the, you know, in a lot of the birth advocates are, are right now, it's, there's evidence that you keep moving during birth, you are able to give birth a whole lot easier than if you're lying down in a position that's, that's easiest for, for the delivering mm-hmm. uh, obstetrician. Um, and, 
I mean, for the most part here, there's very little regard to, to evidence. So it's like women want to move. How are we going to keep them where we, where we quote unquote want them, where it's wow. easiest for us to attend to births? Wow. Yeah. It's just their mental process. Like that's yeah. just, it's almost like a tradition kind of maybe. I mean, that's, or just it's, an order of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it, it, it has like a, a prison connotation. Like what do you do to maintain order in a, mm-hmm. in a quote unquote unruly population or a population that could, might want to, you know, do their own thing, God forbid. <laughs> like birth the way they want um um, i mean that's that is an extreme example obstetric violence yes nuances like things like feeling like you were not heard or listened to during Mm -hmm. your birth process which happens everywhere like there if we think about obstetric violence as as the more nuanced subtle um forms of violence then we really can see it in in just about every country yeah wow Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm I wouldn't have survived. Uh, I went like, I went into the hospital, like where's the epidural and just put me under. <laughs> yeah. You had to put me in a room by myself. We would have, uh, well, we wouldn't have survived because both of my births were, um, emergency. And my second one, um, she had ripped through the muscles. So I was Ooh. like minutes away from bleeding out. Um, so had I been in a room by myself, um, we wouldn't have survived. So I can imagine, you know, what the mortality rate is giving birth when you have to do it by yourself. <laughs> and by your, I should clarify, by yourself, meaning no friends and family. The physician, the... the uh, okay, got you. I'm thinking like just out, like, you know, this is your deal. You got yourself into this and you're wow. out. <laughs> Okay, that no, definitely there's a professional present. Just no one who no one who you know. I mean, yeah. a lot of times you don't know or you don't have the best relationship with this person delivering your baby, even if they provided your prenatal yeah. care. Right. Oh my goodness. All right. So you have a 10-month-old and that's mm-hmm. your only child, right? Um, so h- how's that going for you? How are you balancing being a mother to a, a an infant and um and growing your business? Oh, it's, I mean, I'm, I, like I said before, I feel like I'm walking the road <laughs> as yeah. I, building the road as I walk it. Right. Um, and my, I mean, my, it was funny because when I first um, reached out to my midwife, it was someone who I knew from, from working together. And she was like, you're finally going to get to apply all the like stuff that you've been working on for a decade to your real life experience. And then she turned and looked at me and she was like, don't read anything. Like, don't read anything else. Like, don't because the tendency to like go and look for information um, of like, how am I going to do this? Um, she, she's just seen it like spiral, <laughs> spiral yeah. to women, like, you know, trying to think of every scenario and trying to control every scenario. And she knew that I already had a lot, a lot packed up in, in my brain. So for the most part, I have really had to, um, had to think about how can I quiet down? How can I turn the dial down on the volume on all that professional information and listen a little bit to kind of the intuition <laughs> side of things. So that has been my challenge to how do I not, um, not, you know, go to, go to the encyclopedia in my mind, but how do I think of this as like, okay, 
how is this working for me right now? Me as an individual mom, my son as an individual baby, um, and knowing what I, what I do have the, the privilege to know and have studied, um, can, I, can I trust that we're you know, okay, whether it comes to sleeping or eating or um, milestones? So it's, it's, it's a fun journey, but it is so, so hard, <laughs> as I'm sure both of you can relate and listeners can relate. Was your business fairly established when he was born or were you, how far were you? It was established um, and I, but I worked a lot. I mean, I didn't realize until um, my, until I was pregnant and I, you know, spent kind of five months next to the toilet the first five months and I realized how much, um, how I really had to shift like productivity and scheduling if I was going to um, run my business with without working crazy hours um so that i i and i had a very i mean i basically became my own client as i planned my maternity leave used all the tools in my toolbox um and went through um you know the figuring out communication with clients figuring out when i would be totally offline that was something i wanted of six weeks um not answering emails figuring out who on my team i have a virtual assistant um, could handle some things and honestly what things I would let go of during the time that I wanted away from my business. Um, so I was like super, super in the plan. And of course, after like, it's a plan, it's not, it's not what happens. And so I had the plan and realized I, some things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, um, I wanted four months totally away from my business and about six weeks into my leave, I was like, mm, I kind of wanted something else to distract my brain from, from the constant breastfeeding, the constant putting a baby to sleep. Right. Um, and so I started, you know, I reached out to my VA and I was like, I'm going to start doing like X, Y, and Z again. Um, and I was glad that I had the, the opportunity to do that. I mean, it's my business. I get to decide when, when and what I, how I run it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also glad that I had given myself that buffer of four months in case I had needed it. You know, I didn't have any major postpartum mental health or physical health issues come up. But if they do come up, like six weeks is just barely enough time to handle that. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Six weeks is too short. Oh, yeah. I have a question. Did you change the way you um, work with clients at all after actually experiencing the maternity leave? Like mm-hmm. any of your ideas say, like, this, did, this doesn't work? <laughs> I, um, I, well, I changed the way I deliver resources. So I try and make everything much shorter <laughs> now and and I actually changed I used to do follow-up sessions were one hour and now I make them 45 um, just because I learned like what's what's the amount of time I can kind of step away and be in the zone and not have my mind wander back into <laughs> what my baby doing you know um, so little tweaks like that um, for the most part services stayed the same, um, but I did do a major overhaul of, of content. So like my blog is totally different now because 
I started, um, I basically, you know, like I said, turned into my own client. So every single question that I found myself coming up with, Mm -hmm. I really made an effort to um, deliver smaller pieces of information. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, in in service of not going down the information overwhelm tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, getting a drink. Because our brains drink. Sorry, we're still figuring out who's going to ask yeah. questions when. So, <laughs> okay, so I'll just ask you um, about some of your resources. Uh, do you have any resources that you'd like to share on um, tools that you use to help moms balance work life and motherhood, or websites, or podcasts, or anything? It, um, tools, anything that you use? Yeah. So I. Um, I am happy to share something that I use with, with my clients and have available just as a free download on my website. It's, it's a planning postpartum maternity leave planning workbook, and it takes you through, you know, really detail oriented, the different levels of support um, that you have in your life. And, and it'll, it, it's a map. So it literally, you know, if you're visual, it, it helps you draw it all out. If you're, if you're into, you know, more writing it out there's it's designed so you can do either or or both um and it you know we go through logistics like is there anyone who can bring me meals or who can i help or who can i ask for help cleaning my house those types of immediate postpartum needs to thinking broader um into the the spheres of professional support. So, you know, Alexa, you mentioned the, the two weeks of around the clock baby feeding. Mm-hmm. Do you have, um, this is one of the things that, that the workbook helps answer, do you have the names of three lactation consultants who you can have their phone numbers ready um, and you can look those up during, during your pregnancy so that when you're in the thick of it, you're not desperately trying to figure it out. Right. Um, and it also goes a little bit into the sphere of, of business in terms of who are the, who are the key support people um, who, you know, someone like a VA, or if you decide to outsource something, or if you decide to um, ask some business buddies to step into your Facebook group and facilitate conversations while you're, you're out, um, those types of, of networks. Um, because what we know from the maternal health research is that social support, um, so the people you have around you that you feel like you can count on, is one of the major determining factors in terms of mental health, maternal mental health, um, up to the first few years. Absolutely, it must have been difficult for you. Did you get, you gave birth in Mexico, was any of your family available to help out? I had my mother-in-law came for five weeks. Oh, nice. Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nice. It, it was nice. It yeah. was, I, <laughs> I say that without any sarcasm um, <laughs> because it meant that I was so taken care of. Yeah. So, and, and I don't have like, of course there, I'm, you know, my mother-in-law annoys me from time to time. She doesn't listen to podcasts. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> but knowing that the, the, the benefit of having someone there and feeling taken care of way outweighed right. the, you know, minor annoyances. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially for the first one. I can remember bringing Emma home and I knew nothing about babies and, you know, they do that, um, 
where their breathing isn't like our breathing where they like <sighs> and I was just like oh my gosh what it, like I freaked out because they don't tell you when you leave the hospital this could happen and she was in the NICU so I was even more on alert and yeah I just needed my mom to come in and say she's okay you know it'll be okay okay because my husband said it but I didn't believe him like when did he give birth like I'm not gonna believe you you don't know anything about babies exactly so um do you do you find a way to fit in me time in your schedule and what do you like to do to get time for yourself yeah well my i i'm uh, a yogi i practice yoga and ayurveda and i had this like elaborate morning routine before having my baby <laughs> which of course totally went out the window and I had to really reframe what is my morning, where, where is my morning time that's so important to me and vital to like getting my day started, where am I going to, to get that, um, that me time. So, I mean, right now it really looks like five minutes in between, you know, when I put him down for a nap and when I get started doing some kind of household task, it's finding the small windows of time where I don't do and I just be. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. Yeah, that is nice. Um, and sometimes just being is all the me time that you need. Ugh. Okay. Well, my child is homesick. I'm sorry if you can hear her screaming in the background. She's been so good today. This is the third interview and she has not interrupted me once. So that's pretty amazing. But anyway, um, so before we let you go, um, please let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. I am um, on my website is kind of the digital online home where you can find me. It's just my name, arianatabawada.com. Um, and a link to, to the workbook. I'll also go ahead and give that. I have it written down to be able to easily say that for you all. Um, it's a bitly link. So it's bit.ly slash expecting entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're interested in the workbook, you can download it there. I'm also on Facebook. I'm in How I Found the Lose the Cape uh, podcast, the Boss Moms group, quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> um, and my Facebook page is just my name, Ariana Tabawada Consulting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being here with us. Thank you so much for having me on. All Have right. Have a good day. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Lose the Cape podcast. We hope you enjoyed everything that Ariana had to give to us today. ton of great information. And don't forget to enter to win her maternity leave planning package. You can do so by going to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 56 and tweet the special tweet we have for you. Have a great day.